Welcome to the third episode of the FFG Insights podcast. My name is Brian Ullman. I'm a certified financial planner and financial advisor at Ford Financial Group. And I'm joined by Ryan Louie, who is also a certified financial planner and advisor here with us. Uh, talking today a little bit about yield curve. Ryan, have you been getting questions from clients on the yield curve? Yeah, it's been coming up. I think the financial media has been covering the topic as the events um, of the yield curve have been happening. And so I think today we want to spend just a few minutes trying to explain what this is, first of all, and the impact that it might have to investors. Yeah, so to to understand what's going on, I, well, let me back up a little bit. What's getting covered in the media is that the yield curve has inverted, and that is a good indicator of recession. And so, therefore, you can kind of infer, or they're suggesting people infer that a recession is on its way. Right. So, I think the first uh, step is to explain what the yield is. Because what I don't is know it? that everyone knows exactly what yield means. Therefore, we start with the square one before we yeah. get deeper into this. So what, so what is yield? Why don't you describe for, to us what yield is? So yield is basically the interest. And in this case, they're talking about the interest on U.S. treasuries. And treasuries can be from a very short time frame, from a month to um, as long as the 30-year time frame and everything yeah. in between. So yeah, so, so yield is the interest you get on a kind of interest-bearing investment. So your yield... On a six-month CD might be a couple percent. Right. Or your yield on a 10-year treasury is going to be something different. Um, and traditionally, you know, we're used to seeing that the shorter the time frame, the lower the interest that you will get. And right. So that makes – and I think we can equate that to you – know, I just used the example of CDs. You get a three-month CD and the yield or the interest you receive for that CD is going to be less than the interest you're going to receive for a six-month CD or right. a 12-month or 18 month or two years and so on. So that you expect for shorter duration, lower risk, therefore lower interest or lower yield. Right. And that's what they would call an, a normal yield curve is when you have that setup of a low interest with a short time frame, higher interest rates with a higher time frame. Longer time frame. Longer right. time frame. Yep. Okay. So, so, and it curves. It's not a straight line, right? It's not this diagonal X, Y axis moving diagonally. Um, it curves a little bit. So you might get a lot lower interest early on, whether it's a CD or a short-term three-month treasury, for example. And it starts to curve up and then flatten off. And so uh, you may not get a whole lot more interest from a you know, sticking with a CD example, a four-year CD versus a five-year CD, it kind of levels off. It starts to flatten, right? Yes, yes. And this is, again, this is what happens most of the time. And during good times, we expect that we're going to have a normal yield curve. Yeah, no, under normal economic conditions where we've got some growth and some stuff, you're going to get that short, low, long, high. Right. Kind of and then you get into times where conditions start to change. And then you can come up with a inverted yield curve. Yeah, uh, Brian, maybe if you talk about what that, wh- why that happens, sure. and what happens there. Well, what, what happens really is before you. So you go from a normal curve, where you know we've just described that to that that curve can kind of flatten, right? So while you still may be getting a better interest rate, just continuing on the CD example, a better interest rate on longer term CDs than shorter term CDs. The difference between short and long 
may be smaller and smaller as these kind of conditions deteriorate. So the different the the difference or a spread between a one year CD and a five year CD may go from a couple percentage points to like one percentage point, and that is what they would describe as the yield curve flattening. Um, now. Now, now we get into the inversion part, right? So now the yield curve has gone from normal to flattening. And then you, where you really run into the problem is where the short-term rates become higher. The short-term yields we've described become higher than the long-term yields. So you get compensated more for having a short-term investment than a long-term investment. Which is illogical, but also right. then makes – how you relate that to the economy is that people don't want to take risk tying up their money for the long period of time, and so they feel more comfortable with the short period of time, and it creates you – know, again, you have high interest rates in the, in, in the short term. Um, right. Now, it's, I think it's important here to note that there's no one true yield curve, right? There's true. No, there's right. no standard right. definition. Um, I think when a lot of financial professionals – uh, discuss a yield curve. They're talking about the curve or the difference in interest rates or yields between a two-year treasury and a ten-year tre- treasury, uh, and that curve has not inverted. Right? Yes, yeah. So uh, the other times that this will come up is sometimes somebody will compare, say, a one-month treasury to a five-year, or they'll sometimes compare a one-year to the ten-year. And so, yes, there's many different variables and times where the yield curve could invert based upon what yield you're comparing to right and, and most recently we've seen this with the the three-month treasury bill is now yielding more than the 10-year treasury for the first time since 2007 and and that is really the stickler here is that this came about a year last time this happened it came about a year before the Great Recession and total meltdown. Really yeah, so so I guess the concern here is where does this relate to the economy and what is this really telling us? And if we go back probably almost 50 years now, because it was in the early 70s that they, they started really to track this, that for every time that there was a recession – there before it there was an inversion of the yield curve. Yeah, so, so specifically, and I have a, I have um, this has been pulled from some of these numbers have pulled from LPL's research department. Um, each of the last nine recessions dating back to the 1950s saw the one to ten year yield curve spread invert approximately 14 months on average before a recession. Now I'll say. There lies damn lies in statistics, right? Fourteen months is the average, so it can be two and it can be twenty-four. The average over these nine periods. Yeah, it could be quite a, quite a quite a time frame uh, or distance between when it actually happens to yeah. when the market actually starts to react or the recession actually starts to happen. Right, and in that case, we're talking about the one in ten. Uh, we were just got done talking about the three month and the ten month yield curve inver- inverted. That actually has happened twice in the past, in 1966 and 1998, and it didn't lead to an immediate recession. Then. Right. So, so. we this indicator is not perfect in the sense that because it happens imminently, there's going to be a recession. Yep. Right. I, I think what's really telling here is that the really, really short stuff – in fact, the really, really short stuff is controlled more by the Fed than the long – and the Fed fund rate – than the longer stuff. And so what it's almost like the yield curve. If you look at treasuries, it almost looks like a Nike swoosh, right? The real short stuff is higher and it goes down and then it goes back up again. And so I think what you're really seeing here is that the, the federal reserve has kind of 
um, manipulated, if you will, the really short end of the yield curve. And then once it gets a little bit further from the Fed's ability to manipulate it, then kind of turns back into a normal curve. Would you say that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so it, it, I think it's important to, even though yield curves are an, have historically been a pretty good indicator, there's, you can't just point to one indicator and say that's the one that's telling us what's going on. Yeah, and I think the other issue too is the sample size. Yes, it goes back. 70 years or so um, that they've been comparing what the recession has done and the impact of the the yield curve. But there's only a very few or very small sample size of this. And so it's not as if it's a hundred for a hundred. Right. Yeah. And, and um, you, you need context also, you know, when we're looking at other inverted yield curves, like the last one in 2007, interest rates were approximately double what they are right now. So no one could argue that the Fed has tightened really tight. Um, Some might argue they've tightened too tight, but uh, compared to where this indicator has been in the past, we're we're just not there. There, We don't have tight conditions right now. And so it's important to keep that in mind as you look at the numbers. There's other conditions that can be tied to the yield curve that may make it more apparent that it seemed like a recession would be right. in front of us. Now, I think another um, piece to this, too, is that the inversion of the yield curve has worked better, I would say, for the U.S. markets than it has actually for the international markets. Oh, that's interesting. Um, there's actually other countries that have had this happen several times with no recession. So, again, sometimes what we do is we draw to – indicators or statistics that seem like they work until they stop working. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and well, if it's an indicator and everybody knows it's an indicator, it, does it become a self-fulfilling prophecy or does it cease being an indicator because everyone's looking at it? I, I would say even because the federal reserve really controls that short end of the curve, um, they announced just recently that they don't expect the right, uh, hike rates this year. Um, and in fact, the market is even pricing in the possibility of them lowering rates, which may actually kind of whip the yield curve back into normal shape, right? Right. Yeah. So, so, so maybe one last question is, you know, how does this impact stocks and bonds then? Sure. Why don't you answer that for us then? <laughs> well, I think on the, from the stock side, you would think of it as from the financial media, they talk about recession is tied to this. And so therefore... You know, people may want to sell their stocks. Um, as Brian had mentioned, there's a distance that comes between when the yield curve inverts and when the actual recession happens. And if that can be as long as maybe a year and a half away, you don't necessarily want to just go ahead, go ahead and preemptively sell. No, I, I will, and I will add a statistic to this analysis here. The last five recessions, this according to LPL research, the last five recessions began an average of 21 months after the two and 10 year curve inverted, which it has not yet. Uh, and stocks actually did pretty well after those initial versions, inversions. Um, and they didn't, they actually didn't peak until well later. In fact, they gained on an average of 22% since the inversion to the peak. So A, we haven't had a two to 10 year inversion and B, when it does happen, uh, the market still has room to run before it, before it peaks out. Right. And I think it would be hard for people to sell and see the market run up 20 percent 
and feel like what were what, what are they doing on the sidelines and so that that becomes a difficult well, part it, for investors as well yeah well yeah i mean we're talking about timing markets yes. which is foolish fr- frankly um you look and say okay the yield curve inverted or which which yield curve inverted what is it telling us um, what does this mean in context of other things going on and then let's say all of those things in fact line up which they haven't yet how much longer do we have to go we have you know on average nearly two years until something may happen may happen yeah right so um i think the key here is to stick with your plan right right take this with a grain of salt it's a piece of information the media tends to hit this one pretty hard when when this um, happens. Yeah, but again, take it take it as just a little bit of information that, and we we do too as far as uh, research is concerned. Sure, but we also we also want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence and pouring over all of the factors and all the conditions we're making these choices. And it's not just economic conditions, or it's not just conditions uh, in markets or fixed income. Uh, we're also talking about someone's personal conditions, right? So you're going to be a little bit more aggressively invested when you're in your early 40s than compared to when you're going to retire two months from now, or maybe you're 10 years into retirement. You know, your personal conditions go into your investment philosophy as well. Right. So important to keep in mind. I would say maybe that's even one of the most important things to keep in mind is where you stand and and what your retirement plans and retirement trajectory looks like. So Kind of got deep in the weeds a little bit, but it's necessary if we're really going to address these questions sometimes. So, um, But I think it's a good discussion, and I, I'm sure that we're going to have more as we have to kind of parse out some of these um, common questions, but questions that require a bit of a detailed answer. And so this is a good place for us to do it. Uh, if you have questions about the yield curve and how it may affect your portfolio, um, you can contact our office, of course. You can call Ryan or call me. Our website is www.fordfg.com. That's short for Ford Financial Group. Uh, you can also call us. Uh, our local number is 559-449-8690. This podcast is generally intended for our clients so we can help answer the questions that we've been getting a lot of lately. Uh, but if you're not a client and you're interested in, in contacting us, you can also email us at info at fordfg.com. So, Ryan, do you have anything to add as we close this out? No. Okay, good. good. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for some disclosures. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results, and all indices mentioned in this podcast are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax advice or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein. Thanks for listening.